Thank you for joining me. We're in this series called Perspective, where we've been walking through the entire Bible. What we've seen so far as we've searched the high peaks of the Scripture is that God created all things. Man rebelled from God, but God promised that He would restore men to Himself. He sent Jesus, who lived a perfect, sinless life. After Jesus was crucified and raised from the dead, he walked on the earth for 40 days. And after 40 days, he ascended into heaven so that the Holy Spirit can come. Now, the Holy Spirit and the doctrine of the Holy Spirit is a really mysterious doctrine. There's a lot about it that's interesting, and also, if you're new to the faith, can be a little confusing. What the Holy Spirit does is work in our world on behalf of God the Father to accomplish all that God wants to happen. Here's the main idea for our time together. God the Spirit works in and through people for God's mission. God the Spirit works in and through people for God's mission. Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would come. He also says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that the Holy Spirit will give believers power. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, the Holy Spirit was going to make it possible for people to do something that they cannot do on their own. You know, there's a lot of things about faith in Jesus Christ and obeying God according to the scriptures that feel difficult, that feel impossible, and they are. It's impossible to do all that God wants you to do without God's power coursing through your veins and surging uh, through you. The Holy Spirit is significant. Well, we see that in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came at this event called Pentecost, it was quite remarkable. Acts chapter 2 in verse 1 says this, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Now let's stop there. The Pentecost was a Jewish festival that happened 50 days after Passover. And here we are in Jerusalem, and the population of Jerusalem is, uh, is much higher than normal because the Jews have come from all over the place to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover and also Pentecost. And what Pentecost is, is it's a, it's a festival to celebrate and acknowledge a season of harvest. And what it's about to happen is that there's going to be a harvest, not just in our natural world, but in the supernatural world where God is going to uh, convict people of their sin, and they're going to turn in faith to Jesus Christ. There's going to be 3,000 of them. This is the result of this particular event at Pentecost, is that there's a, there's a spiritual harvest of sorts. So here's what happens. They're all gathered. It's a group of disciples, a group of followers of Jesus Christ. People have seen him since he's been raised from the dead, and they're waiting for the Holy Spirit to arrive. So they're together in one place. In verse 2, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now the Holy Spirit came. They heard 
they saw and they felt the presence of God in a powerful, powerful way. This is a significant event. It drew the attention of others. So a crowd began to grow. Verse 5. There were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. Now here's the deal. In Jerusalem, because of Passover and also Pentecost, Jews from Rome and Parthia came to Jerusalem. And so these Jews, many of them spoke other languages also. They spoke uh, Greek if they were from Rome or Aramaic or some other language. And so they all come together and these men who are filled with the Holy Spirit are speaking in a language that everybody understands. This tongue that they're speaking in is an actual language that they hear. Verse 7, they were all amazed and astonished, saying, Are not these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and people from other places. Verse 12, And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said they were filled with new wine. At Pentecost, they were overwhelmed with the presence of God. The Spirit could have exalted these men as super saints. I mean, here they are. They have a special presence of God. But what these men actually do is declare the goodness of God. Look there in verse 11. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty work of God. You know, when the Holy Spirit shows up, God gets the credit. People begin declaring the mighty work of God. One problem that we have in the church today and this may have turned you off from church, or maybe this has been your experience, or maybe you're caught up in this, is that when, when God begins to move on people and they begin to do really incredible things, incredible acts for God, people have a tendency to look to them and give them the credit. But when the Holy Spirit is doing its work in people's lives, the result is that God gets the credit. They were declaring the mighty works of God. Now, when the Holy Spirit shows up at Pentecost. This marks the beginning of the church age where Jesus is going to be shared, where people are going to receive Jesus and people are going to gather in Jesus' name. The task of uh, that God has given the church, which is to herald the good news about who Jesus is, is huge and it is hard without God's presence in the church, without God's Spirit working through those people that are preaching, through those people that are ministering, through you as an ordinary human being. They need God's presence. The Holy Spirit is going to be poured out on men and women, on old and young, slave and free, near and far. The Holy Spirit has always worked since the beginning. But here at Pentecost, we recognize that the Holy Spirit is working in a different way. Let me illustrate it in this way. In 1953, Egypt's president at the time announced a plan for construction of a gigantic dam. 
this Aswan High Dam was 375 feet high and 11,000 feet across. There, there was going to be a, uh, a grand ceremony once this thing was completed. Well, more than 20 years after he announced that it was going to happen, there was a ceremony, a dedication of sorts. And at this dedication ceremony, 12 turbines with their 10 billion kilowatt hour capacity were unleashed with enough power to light every city in Egypt. Now, during the period between when the president announced that it was going to happen and when the construction was complete, uh, the Nile River was not completely stopped. It was allowed, some of it was allowed to trickle through. Now, as the reservoir was filling up, in preparation for the dam being opened in 1970, the Nile River was allowed to go through in a small kind of a way. The folks downstream depended on that little river. They drank from it, they washed in it, it watered their crops. They sailed in the moonlight on it, they wrote songs about it, it was their life. But on the day when the reservoir poured through those turbines in 1970, a power was unleashed that spread far beyond what those few people had experienced with that little trickling stream. It brought possibilities that they'd only dreamed of. Well, Pentecost is like the dedication of this, this Aswan High Dam. Before Pentecost, God's Spirit blessed the people of Israel and and worked in a small way compared to how he will work. It, it gave them life, gave life to a small group of people. But after Pentecost, the power of God's Spirit was going to be spread as a light to the entire world. None of the benefits enjoyed by people that the Spirit worked on before Pentecost were taken away, but it was made available to many people. 10 billion kilowatts of power were added to enable the church to take the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ to every tongue and every tribe and every nation. People of God in this period are to be filled with the Spirit. They're to be baptized in the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit for the purpose of sharing the good news of who Jesus Christ is. This is what the Spirit does. Now, there are many things we can say about the Spirit of God, but just a couple of concluding ideas that I want you to understand. First of all, we know from the work of the Spirit, and particularly at Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, we see this uh, exemplified. We see that God works powerfully. God works Powerfully, He works when he wants, how he wants, and he works for his own glory. When he showed up to those disciples at Pentecost, and the scripture says that there were these, this, this fire that rested on each person in the room, and that they heard it like a rushing wind. And then it was so great and so powerful that people around them heard it. They gathered and then they heard these people speaking in a language that they did not formally know. I want you to know that God works powerfully. 
We need God's power. We need God's power to work in us so that we can accomplish all that God wants us to accomplish. We need God's power to work in us so that when people around us see us, they'll think, what is going on with that person? And we'll have an opportunity to declare the mighty work of God through Jesus who provides forgiveness for our sin by dying on the cross and being raised from the dead. God works powerfully. We also know that God is personal. God is personal. God chooses to send his spirit to people, to you and to me, to those who place their faith in Jesus Christ. It's difficult at times to imagine how God can be so transcendent, so other, and at the same time so imminent, so close, so personal. Maybe you've had an experience with God where it's been like a rushing wind, like those disciples in that room at Pentecost. Maybe other times it's been a quiet voice, a quiet moment. Either way, what we know is that God is personal. We recognize that the Holy Spirit is sent by God to touch the deepest parts of us, to make us holy to give us certainty that we are children of God, to empower us for the good works that he's called us to do. The Holy Spirit is at work in our world and in you. If you've ne never turned in faith to Jesus Christ, acknowledging that your sin separates you from God, placing your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, I pray that the Holy Spirit would lead you to repentance so that you would do that. I love you all. Every Sunday morning we meet at Neartown Church. We gather at the YMCA at 11 o'clock, which is at Mile and Pease, and I would love for you to join us. I love you and have a great rest of the week.